I'm Chilanga. I'm Dylan. And this is the CND NBA show. Welcome, everyone. We are so excited to have you here. We have a great guest on today. You know, we've been on a mission to uh, invite all of our favorite Timberwolves Twitter personalities to the show because we're really trying to uplift that community. We love being on Timberwolves Twitter. We think the, the community is great. We think the people are great. There's like a lot of love. It's all very positive on the Timberwolves be- Twitter. The best part about it, we have no idea what their ages are until we see them on the screen. Sometimes we don't even know because they don't show their face on the screen. That's right. We don't know their name. We don't know where they are at. We don't know how <laughs> old they are. Dylan and I are still praying for a 10-year-old to come on the show. Um, but hopefully, we... if you're 10 years old and you want to come onto the show, absolutely you can. But please ask your parents first. Yep. Uh, I would actually like to talk to your parents on the phone before you came on the pod. I think yeah. that, that would make me feel a little bit better. Um, so you just shoot me a message uh, at CND NBA on Twitter. Um, or at Chilangasin on Twitter, and we can we can talk because we want you on the show. We just want your parents' permission. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to some real stupid news from around the NBA. First, Gorgie Jang was bought out by the Memphis Memphis the Memphis Grizzlies, and he is going to sign with the San Antonio Spurs. Oh my God! Moving on up, baby. Moving on up. Who needs LaMarcus Aldridge when you got a real floor spacing center on the floor? Like, that's actually a huge upgrade from LaMarcus Aldridge, I think, at this point. And yeah. the seventh seed, Corgi's going back to the playoffs, baby. Yes, they are. It's San Antonio quietly 23 and 21 here. You know, they and they, that's like they, they have fallen to the seventh seed. They were like, a, like four or five for a minute. They were playing really well. I have them at 23 and 20 right now. Oh, they 23 and 20. Goals. Yeah. Hell yes. So both both Gorgie and LaMarcus can't really move their feet. But Gorgie is a legitimate rim protector, and he is a better shooter than LaMarcus at this point. So I think I think that is you're right. That's an upgrade, Dylan. Yeah. I mean, and especially when you look at the style of ball that they want to play, LaMarcus Aldridge never really fit into that. He was always kind of like forced into that role, right? Because he mm-hmm. used to always be a post-up player. Uh, and in the high elbow, and he wouldn't ever take threes, essentially. He would take those spot up, like face up uh, 20 footers, but he never wanted to jump out to the corner or anything like that. So I think I think that this is going to be really good, especially because they're going to be able to run through their guard heavy offense. They're going to be able to really run it through DeMar DeRozan and the rest of the young guards. And Gorgie will just spot up in the corner for them. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's perfect. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bring their offense truly into the 21st century. And yeah, it's awesome. Well, yeah, and it'll work perfectly. I mean, they're they're starting Jakob Pertl and Gorgie will come play off the bench. He'll play way more than he was with Memphis. Um, and I'm sure sometimes the the Spurs will still run Rudy Gay at the five. I'm sure sometimes Trey Lyles will get some run at the five, and they've got Drew Eubanks on a two way two. But Gorgie is just like that solid backup, like true big who can also space that the Spurs really need. So kudos to yeah. the Spurs. I'm so happy for Gorgie too. That's going to be they're they're going to make him look really good. And he's I think he's going to get another legitimate NBA contract, not just a minimum, but like something with not not. Mid-level the contract he had. I think he could get someone like part of someone. I think like five million a year for Gorgie is totally reasonable. If Myers Leonard can garner a mid-level in 2020, Gorgie Jang can get a mid-level NBA contract in 2021. Yeah. Come on. And I think if he's going to do with anyone, he's going to do with the Spurs because they're going to make him look very good. Yeet. Um, yeet. All right. Next piece of news. And th- this is bad for Dylan. This next piece of news is got to no! just make dylan sick no 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 no. andre no, drummond no. is going to sign with the los angeles lakers let's what? go lakers dude you fucking lakers fan i can't believe that you're into this tell me see why this? why are you into this first of all you see this right here chalanga dylan is wearing a, a lebron james minneapolis lakers jersey like a fucking lakers fan god damn it ask me how many lebron jerseys i have right now how many lebron jerseys do you have right now I only have two, but I have two. That's two more than I have of almost any player in the NBA. I've <laughs> here's to just go on a tangent for like two seconds because we kind of got a short podcast anyway. I don't believe in getting a jersey of a player who is younger than I am. I don't personally want to buy a jersey of a player who's younger than I am. I think it's kind of 
weird to like idolize someone younger than I am. Is that Damn. is that fair? I mean, you don't I, have very much jersey buying years left then. I know exactly. <laughs> so I had to buy I had to get this LeBron James jersey while I could. I'm going to get a lot of retro jerseys though. I can get retro mm-hmm. jerseys and that's yep, yep, fine. Yep. I just think it's weird to like it puts a lot on these young kids who are like actually young kids like I was in the middle of like giving Malik Beasley shit and then I was like, "Oh wait, shit, this kid's 23." So it's like 24. He's 24 now. Oh. But he was 23 when I was writing the article. That's and true, so <laughs> it's it's like we can't have such high expectations for these people that we idolize them in that sort of in that sort of way. So now any player younger than I am, I've decided I cannot idolize. Not that I'm ageist or anything. So I'm not mm-hmm. I I'm not going to make that a hard and fast rule, but just in general, I just don't want to have too many high expectations. Like I'm not getting a Zion jersey or something like that. I um I don't buy jerseys for myself. I've bought them as gifts for other people. I've never bought a jersey for myself. All my jerseys have been gifts. Um because people know that I like basketball. And you know, when people are like, oh man, what am I gonna get Chilanga for a gift? They're like, oh, why don't I get him a jersey? You know, that's like it is easy. It's easy. Um, so if you're listening and you want to get me a gift, I, you know, my birthday passed, my birthday and Christmas are at the same time. If you want to get me an Easter gift though, I, I am Catholic. Um, well, I, I grew up Catholic. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of still Catholic. No, no, no. I'm, Do you know I'm, what? I'm Catholic. Shuli would call you a Catholic. Do you know why? Because anybody who's not a Jew is a Christian to Ju- to Shuli. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I mean, it's I just... definitely do. I definitely do go to church though, you know, three, four times a week. But I'm much less I'm much less committed than I was, you know, in my young days. Um, but no, there's a there is a cultural essence to be to religion, you know. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, celebrate Christmas still. Exactly, and that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, cool. and you know, I think uh, non-COVID, I would still have like an Easter dinner with my family. You know, right? I, I think that that's that's been a thing for sure. Speaking um, of that. Happy Pesach to all my uh, hey. listeners out there. We've been celebrating in my household. Yeah, we Shuli. got our house hella clean for Pesach, you know? Oh, my God. Julie's been eating gefilte fish. Someone stop her. <laughs> um, it's you know, basically we, we... like diarrhea in a jar, if anybody doesn't know what gefilte fish is. Yuck. Yeah, we took we took cleaning for Pesach to another level this year. We really got this place clean, which is good. <laughs> Pickled, pickled <sighs> diarrhea. By the way, is that part Dude, of it that you get you get it clean? <laughs> yes, that is totally part. Ask Julie about it; she'll tell you all about it. Oh well, she's just clean all the time, so I don't know. Like, she's actually a clean freak. It's one of the things that gets us in a fight. Dude, I mean that's good though. It's good to live with a clean freak. It, <laughs> it is. is very good. It, it keeps the three going. of us in this house. We are all we all tend toward messy, and when three people all tend toward messy, it just creates a messy <laughs> environment. Um, At least you're better. I'm trying to get better. Why, Dylan? Why do you like Andre Drummond on the oh, Lakers? Oh God, we we strayed far from the goal. <laughs> All right, I don't like Andre Drummond in general. I don't think that he might not even be what I would want for the Lakers in the playoffs. I might want Marcus All a little bit more, even though Marcus All has looked in and out of washed all season. But for right now. Until Anthony Davis comes back to the court and LeBron James does, Mr. 500 himself, Andre Drummond, is going to keep the Lakers afloat. You know that this is true. And the Lakers have had so much trouble getting boards right now. And that's what they need. That's what they need. And Andre Drummond isn't going to make make any significant change for the Lakers in the playoffs. But in terms of what the team needs right now, he's perfect. He's actually going to be the biggest difference maker of any of these signings. And it's not just because he's 27 years old, because he is. And he still has his 27-year-old athletic body. Somehow, somehow only 27. I know, right? I thought he was 30. <laughs> I thought he was, tw- I was, I literally was like, I knew he was young. And I was like, he's, he's what, 29 and then I looked at it. I was like, oh, my God, he's literally 27. Yeah, 2014 so, draft, I think. I don't remember what year. But, yeah, he's been in the league for forever. So, I yes, I don't. I'm not on it like an idiot, but I'm on it for the next two weeks until LeBron James miraculously heals and still wins his fifth MVP. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I think I think one of the reasons that Andre Drummond feels like he's been in the league for so long is because he got all NBA in like his second or third year. Like he got it super early and then never because he was competing with DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> all NBA yeah. first team DeAndre Jordan in 2016. The center position was uh dark there for a minute because it's before it's before any centers could shoot the ball. But everyone was trying to shoot the ball, and so like the like the center became super devalued until the the prospects caught up, you know, <laughs> and then the prospects caught up, and it was like, oh, actually, centers are super important, and now right. we have hella good centers in the league. Um, so back to Andre Drummond, yes. are you convinced? Um, look, I, I I hear you. I think that like he is going to help keep the Lakers afloat because they just, they need some help right now. And and they need some people who are going to put the ball in the bucket. And Andre Drummond can, can do that. He can put the ball in the bucket. He's actually a pretty decent passer. You know, I think the the LeBron effect will help him because he'll have all the skill that he has, but he won't be like, I mean, in Cleveland and in Detroit, the last couple of years, he's been left to his own devices and he's just like, Looked like shit because he's, he's trying to do too much. Forward in Cleveland, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just trying to do too much. He was trying to dribble and like bring the ball up the court and make those moves. And he ended up on checking a fool a bunch of times. But the Lakers are going to keep him on a on a tighter leash. And so I get it. I get it. I hope that the Lakers can find like a wing or a guard to sign in the buyout market too. Jeff Teague's available. Oh my God, no, no. <laughs> Give me away. Stay Maybe away. Otto Porter Jr. will be waived um, from the Magic. He might be that would, available. That would be big. And mm-hmm. I there's no way that the Nets haven't reached the roster limit at this point. So there's Speaking only one of more the Nets, the, uh, the Nets have signed LaMarcus Aldrich from the buyout market. Can you believe that? Like, what the fuck are they doing? Man? How many washed up centers do they have on their team now, Chalanga? Um, do you count Blake as a center? <laughs> Absolutely, right now. Yeah, yeah. He that's can't move three his feet. That's three. Although Blake now has what two, three dunks since joining the Nets, which is you know surprising. As a rim running center. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know where they're going with this. Uh, Jeff Green, I might count as a washed up center in the league. Um, they have so many centers in a league that does need more centers than they needed two years ago. Yes. But I don't think that this LaMarcus Aldridge signing and vicariously because of it, the Blake Griffin signing does much for them at all. I don't get it at all. You've got like three of the top 15 offensive players in the league on your team. And the best small ball center of all time, Kevin, Kevin Durant. Go Maybe. get some guys who can play some defense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that lineup of Kyrie, James Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, those four, no one is stopping that. No, there, no one is stopping that. I know who's stopping that. Who? LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, Jeff Green. Putting any one of them on the court is a downgrade from having <laughs> Kevin Durant as your small ball center. You know who needs to be, you know who needs to be on that roster? Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Oh yeah, that's so true. That would be great. He would be a great fifth guy in that small ball lineup. Oh my god, that is awesome. I love it. And you know, I'm not even a RHJ guy, but don't give me LaMarcus. I don't need more scoring. I've got enough scoring. <laughs> I've got enough scoring. Uh, it's almost as dumb as the John Collins trade. We need more you scoring. They were like my Eastern Conference Finals favorite, but now I don't think so. <laughs> I if there's it most of me not feeling that way anymore is just the bad juju of it all. It's mm-hmm. the 2004 Lakers effect. That team was a skeleton and the, obviously there were some off the court issues that were going on at the same time that were mm-hmm. significantly impacting that team. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get into it now cuz I'll go all fucking day and we'll get tons of hate mail. But because <laughs> I'm not actually a Laker fan in reality, that's the <laughs> true testament. That's a true litmus test of if you're a Laker fan. Yep. Um, anyway, 
Yeah, this, the 2004 Lakers is such a good analogy for this team because that's when we had Carl Malone coming out of nowhere, Gary Payton just trying to ring chase, and they barely could play the positions that mm-hmm. they were playing on their previous teams at that point. And it showed. It showed they couldn't actually perform at a higher level than what they were performing on their previous teams. And I, I can't, I can't imagine this team right now having a great locker room presence. Oh God. I mean, well, look, I think that, I think that right, I think right now the locker room is actually tight because they're winning and it's like all these, all these dudes and like, they've all known each other forever and like, they all respect each other because they're all all stars, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They're like, blah, blah, blah. but the second that shit gets hard and it will, it does for every team except for mm-hmm. like the 01 Lakers who won and you think fifteen one. Is Steve Nash gonna keep that shit together? Like okay, so the, the, let's say they finish with the third seed. I think they're third right now. So let's let's say they finish three. They have to face the six. Let's say that six is Miami. And like you think Miami isn't gonna put up a fight? I, I think Miami might make the finals again this year. Like <laughs> they got way better at the trade deadline. And yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got some buyout dudes, you know? I would rather have Nemanja Bialica than mm-hmm. either Blake or Lamarcus. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? At least he can shoot. <laughs> I mean, the dude it can, can bomb it from deep, you know? That's like one thing we saw from him pre-Tibbs, at least, that he could oh, shoot yeah. it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think he's a smart basketball player either. It, too, on top of it, he's underrated as a passer um and has somewhat of a handle. I mean, he really showed it when he was in in Europe, but yeah. EuroLeague MVP baby. <laughs> um I don't want to I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about the last piece of real stupid news. Uh, but we're going to invite our guest on. You know, we've been on a mission to invite our favorite uh, Timberwolves Twitter personalities. And and many of those people are a bit younger, you know? Like, there are lots of young fans for this Timberwolves team, which the like, NBA gets me... is The NBA is a youth-driven league. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so there are a lot of, like, middle and high schoolers who are very into the league. And with the Wolves having Anthony Edwards, who is like a big draw to the young population. Like he is super exciting for, for young people. Um, I, I I think it's important to highlight those young fans because that's a huge part of the fan base. And we are a fan podcast. We're fans, you know, we're, we're analysts, but like we are just Timberwolves fans. We love, we love the league. We love the NBA. Analyst is just a glass ceiling word for fan. Actually. Yeah. All analysts are just fans. (laughs) That's, That's all true. That's true. So we want to welcome to the show at Wolves Got Next on Twitter. He's a writer at Overtime Heroics, a Wolves lunatic on Twitter. Um, I've heard him on the Backboard podcast. Welcome to the show, Wolves Got Next, aka Tyler. Welcome, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you on the show, man. Um, we are. It, quite impressed by by your twitter presence it brings joy to us on, yeah. on daily. How, how long did it take you to to build that because i saw on twitter that you said something about starting a year ago but also i you like the account was started maybe a couple years ago tell us about your journey all right so basically what i did was like uh at my so i had a main called shoot me and it was uh like i used it for roughly about two years uh so it was mainly for football so like okay. Vikings and stuff. And then I think like I stopped tweeting for about, I don't know, a year. And then, but I still had Wolf Scott next. I just didn't rebrand it. It was still a burner. And then uh, last year when we got D'Lo, I decided to make a Wolves one, right? Because that's like kind of when I started really paying attention to the Wolves. Because before I was kind of like casually watching them every now and then. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it kind of just took off from there. You're not going to believe this. But I am also wearing a number 23. So Tyler's over here on our video camera. He's wearing a Jarrett Culver number 23. I'm disgusting and wearing a LeBron James <laughs> Minneapolis Ooh. jersey 23. Minneapolis <laughs> Lakers LeBron James jersey. 
This makes me want to put on a jersey. Hold up. I'm going to put on my jersey. I don't have a 23, but I have a 32. So, you know, Ooh, it's close. close enough. All the same numbers. <laughs> it's the same to all the dyslexic listeners out there. Shout out, dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've got my 32 on. Ooh, all right. Throwbacks. Throwback too. jersey. Yep, yep, yep. I love it. Um, great. Are you, are you a local Minnesotan, Tyler? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Brooklyn Park. and Kind of like on the board between that and Champlain. You know where that is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was born and raised here. Dylan's from here too. He's out in LA right now. So how how long have you been? A t- so you say you you kind of just really got into being like a big Timberwolves fan. So I, I want to ask you yeah. like who is your all time favorite Timberwolf? So I know now he's not playing well, but back when I like first started watching, uh, roughly about like two thousand nine ish, it was Ricky Rubio when he first came into the league mm-hmm. with him and uh, Kevin Love, that little duo. Have you fallen out of love? With Ricky Rubio, no pun intended. I mean, the first like little bit was kind of disappointing with him because I had like these big expectations for some reason. But recently, he's been playing actually fairly decent. I mean, he's playing up like double doubles almost every night. Yeah, he's really come out of the All Star break uh, cooking. I-, I think we all had really high expectations for him when he came back, and mm-hmm. like obviously the the weird off season, he didn't really have time to get in shape. He had COVID over the summer. Like he's joining a new super young team. So I think that it just took him a while to get back to being the Ricky Rubio that we know and love. Um, The thing I will say, though, um, I think Finch has helped him a lot, too, with his offensive system. Having a competent coach turns out helps competent players. Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, speeding up the game, letting Ricky Rubio make those like fast paced reads and encouraging other players players to keep up with that pace has really helped Ricky Rubio. You write content for Overtime Heroics. Can you tell me about uh, that site, how you got into that? Because uh, we're, we're basketball content writers too, so, you know. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who this is, but there's a big Thunder dude named uh, Thunder Chats on Twitter. He has, I oh, think, like I know 16K. Thunder Chats. Thunder Chats hates me. <laughs> <laughs> but, because yeah. I said that Carl Anthony Towns was better than Shea Gildress Alexander or something like that. <laughs> Which is true. Which is just, yeah. yeah, well. But, yeah, so, uh, like, one day he approached me. He was like, how would you feel like uh, writing for a basketball site, right? Because I was starting to blow up. I think I had, like, 2.8K followers at that time, something like that. And so I said, sure. And so uh, me and the site manager, his name's Jeans, we kind of hit it off. So I started working for them. And then the guy that got me into basketball, kind of, uh, I have a friend named Zach, uh, who's one of my best friends. And so I had him join because they need, like, they're trying to get a fan from every different team. And so I was like, why not try to double up for Timberwolves and, like, double up for different teams? So they said, sure. And Zach's been putting out some good content, too, for Overtime Heroics. And his handle on Twitter is at O-T-H underscore Wolves. That's Zach Papa. Make sure you go check him out. I'm sure he's got some great stuff on the internet. We love partnerships. We, that's how we started out. Yeah, that's absolutely right. On Friday night, you were at the Totino Grace and Minnehaha Academy game, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, tell me about watching that game firsthand uh, live. What did what, you think? That one. All right, so that one, I kind of came into high expectations for Minnehaha, right? I mean, they're one of the best, or at least they've been one of the best teams in Minnesota for the past couple years. I mean, last year they had Jalen Suggs, they had Chet Holmgren. Uh, I heard they had like a not really good knockdown shooter as well. Uh, but yeah, this year they've still done well, but it almost feels like they kind of fallen off the cliff, uh, like getting rid of Jalen Suggs because he graduated. But Chet Holmgren still in that game. He, he had, I think I saw 24 in the box score. But the thing about him that I've noticed that I noticed watching that game was Minnehaha's coach, for some reason, when they're shooting free throws, he has Chet Holmgren back in transition on defense instead of crashing the glass, which I have no idea why. I mean, 7-1 center, you would think he would crash the boards. Yeah, especially Crazy. in high school, he should be able to just, like, eat up those Not boards jump. over those those little guys. Yeah, you would think he wouldn't have to jump. Didn't they beat uh, Sierra Canyon, Bronny James's team last year? Yeah. Any team that loses Jalen Suggs is uh, bound to take a step backwards because we're mm-hmm. seeing now in college that Jalen is that dude. I mean, he is mm-hmm. good, man. Wait, so did so. Totino Grace win it? Uh, nope. They ended up losing by 11. But the thing, oh. about, yeah, the thing about the game was 
uh, it was pretty tight until like five minutes left in the second half. And then it got like a four point game with like two minutes, a minute and a half, something like that left. And then the only reason it became like a big game was because Totino Grace kept fouling to try to get the ball back. And oh. uh, Minnehaha was just making free throws. Got you. I well, that's fun. I mean, high school basketball in Minnesota being a, a thing is cool. That's exciting. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. some of that talent can stay home and play for the Gophers. And uh, you know, it's, I, I, it's I don't the trickle we'll up see. theory: stay home and play for the Gophers, stay home and play for the Timberwolves. It's like it's like Ronald Reagan trickle up economics. Right. Well, if there's more good <laughs> players in high school, then there will be more reason to stay at. at <laughs> with the gophers and, and eventually the, we'll find our hometown kid just like lebron was for the Cavs. <laughs> exactly man that's what we need all right let's move on to some wolves content uh content so we saw on twitter you kind of had a lot of feelings about this trade deadline um mm-hmm. the, as as we all know the wolves did nothing during the trade yeah. deadline what were your reactions to to the wolves choice to stand pat I heard they uh, the Hawks offered up uh, Malik Beasley for John Collins, and I thought that one like that one as much as I don't want to give up Malik Beasley, that's the one thing we desperately need is a solid four this year. I mean, Jay McDaniels has been good, but he's still a rookie. I mean, he's still developing. So I I feel like, but the the problem about that trade was that first. I I don't know. I almost think a first takes that over the top, especially considering John Collins is going into free agent. Th- free agency this year i feel like that would have been a a a rough trade yeah i mean i i hear you we would have ended up paying john collins like 25 million dollars a year you know (laughs) it's like is is he worth that and then secondary is the the core of d'lo towns and john collins worth your entire cap sheet Mm -hmm. because you don't want to do a jimmy butler part two or Mm -hmm. that's that's worse than jimmy butler part two because john collins right now as the second or third best player on the Hawks is barely getting you to the playoffs, right? Like mm-hmm. they're on the fringe of the East and like, let to think about what they would do in the West. I don't, I do think that Carlton Towns and D'Lo are probably a better one too than anybody else on the Hawks, but I still just don't think going all in on John Collins right now is the answer, especially given the fact that we need to tank right now to just to keep our picks. Mm-hmm. So it would be like exactly. trading away two, two first round picks basically. Exactly. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, Aaron Gordon? Uh, at first, people were saying that we were going to overpay, which I didn't want to do. But, I mean, I don't know if you saw the rumors. Uh, Ricky Rubio was offered, like, earlier this year. That would have been a solid trade, especially how he was playing earlier in the season. But, yeah, Aaron Gordon went down. And I almost feel like as good of a trade it is for Denver to get him next to Jokic... I feel like they kind of overpaid as well, giving up R.J. Hampton, who was supposed to, like, he was projected to go lottery or something like that this year. Gary mm-hmm. Harris, I mean, he's been uh, sh- a little shaky this year, but otherwise he's been solid. <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's been shit, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I thought you were going to say, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay to swear on this podcast, but we also don't want to force you to uh, get yeah. in trouble at all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so that i kind of said that i think when we when we were playing denver earlier this year i was like he was shooting like 12 percent on four threes and i was like that that's horrific dude yeah mm-hmm. yeah that that's really bad you know if if the the wolves could have traded ricky rubio for for aaron gordon like basically straight up mm-hmm. or if, even if it was ricky rubio and let's say like a uh first like 2023 first round pick for aaron gordon to me that like is a no-brainer that mm-hmm. is just a clear upgrade and if the Wolves are good in 2023, even if they're like late lottery, you're probably getting Aaron Gordon. Like Aaron Gordon is a better player than any player you draft at like 12. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. So I feel that. So overall, though, you're so you're disappointed that they didn't make a move. But we, we've got this we've got this like draft pick hanging out there, man. And mm-hmm. it's scary. Right. So it kind of behooves us to be bad. Exactly. Plus, you don't want to give up your future. I mean, you just took Jaden McDaniels this year. You don't want to give him up already. Mm-hmm. And you, you got to worry about the future of the value of that Jared Culver shirt that you're wearing right now. Like. <laughs> yeah. Jared Culver, I don't know, man. I had such high expectations. He had that great February last year, but this year he started off good. He got injured, and then I don't know what happened, but he, Jesus, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, Chalink and I have been uh, on the same boat with this, and that's just, it's probably not going to happen for him in Minnesota, but we're rooting for him anywhere. And that's a shout out to you, Jared Culver Goat. We love you. We love you, Jared Culver Goat. Let's talk about this uh, game on Friday against the Rockets. Did you watch this game? I did not because I was at that Satino Grace game. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah. shit, dude. I heard a lot about it, though. I will say that. The the Wolves came back from down. Mm-hmm. They went on a 22-0 run in the last seven and a half minutes. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, what were, what were your live reactions, Dylan? I was right about to post something sad, but I caught myself thinking like, oh, well, this is exactly what everyone else is feeling at the moment. So I just scrolled through the timeline and I ended up finding one tweet that piqued my interest. And that was from Trenton Hassel's Carmelo. We love uh, you, Trenton. That, it's one of our favorite Twitter accounts. And he said, as the Wolves were down like 16 or more, like this was at the beginning of the, of the fourth, bef- way before the run happened. But Juancho Hernan Gomez was starting to like, give like pump some energy into the team kind of in the same way that jake layman has at different points in uh in in the rest of the year but he said that the timberwolves were going to win he's like the timberwolves are going to win this and i retweeted it and i was like i actually i i think this is going to happen i said juancho deliver us from l's and guess what he did he and cat both baby it was amazing tyler did you watch last night's game oh last night i did as depressing as it was (laughs) yeah Although, like, it was kind of funny. You almost get hope after what happened the night before that you're like, oh, they're only down 26. Anything can happen. I was hoping for that second win streak of the season, baby. <laughs> Since 2-0, and we haven't had a win streak. <laughs> That's pretty sad. <laughs> I think what we've learned about the Wolves, and, like, this, this has just, like, remained true all season, is that when the Wolves play really well, you can guarantee the next night is going to be a total shit. Like, they're just going to drop a shit. I don't know what it is. Maybe they get overly confident. Maybe they, like, you like use all their gas in those good games and then can't show up for the next game. But it's been consistent all year that they'll have one good game. like that, And all the fans are like, yeah, this is it. We're finally turning that corner. We're going to see some good Timberwolves basketball. And then the next night, they just pull down their pants and drop a shit right on the target center logo for all of us to see. I think a lot of it had to do with Jalen Noel getting a lot less looks because Malik Beasley got a lot more looks and Malik Beasley looked like he, (laughs) yeah, he looked like he only entered the gym when he posted about it on Instagram, which was maybe like three times during suspension. So uh, I think that Malik will come back and and get in a rhythm again, but it's just going to take some time for him and to get him integrated. Like there's been a coaching change. Hasn't there since Malik has Malik Beasley paid for Finch yet? Yeah. One game. Was it one game? Like Chicago, I think. Yeah, right? he definitely played Milwaukee. That because the, the first game was yeah. Milwaukee, and I don't know if he played Chicago or not. I can't remember. But yeah, I, it, it's either one or two games he played under Chris Finch before he got suspended. So, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, he's like he is at that point where the rest of the Wolves were basically at that Charlotte game where we were just getting blown out because no one knew how to follow direction because we just were going through so much changed um so i i think that he'll i think that he'll figure it out and he should benefit maybe the most out of anybody just because in terms of pace and space malik beasley's a very fast player and he can space the floor unlike any other timberwolf this year so yeah plus you add Delo into the mix coming soon and that the spacing on that team you go from little to no spacing because you got ricky and vanderbilt and all of them who can't shoot really and then you add in D'Lo and Malik back into the rotation, and that that frees up your floor a lot. Totally, absolutely. I, I'm like, I'm really excited for for D'Lo and Malik to be back, and just to see like what this team is has is supposed to have been. Finally, like they get to be on the court together. So, like, what like what are you expecting from D'Lo when he comes back? Obviously, he's been out for a while with this injury. He's come back from surgery. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on on how this team will look with D'Lo and 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 Cat and Malik all together? So what I'm thinking is it's going to be kind of kind of like how Malik had, where it's going to be a slow start because obviously he's coming back from injury. He's not going to average 30 points his first night back. But I think like near the end of the season, because we still have like a month or so left, I think like last couple of games he'll start to 
get into his groove again. And then, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can pick at least some wins out of there. Yeah, I'm hoping like if the Wolves can can get uh, there's probably what like 28 games left this season. Yeah, 20, 27, like 26, 26. I would say if if the Wolves can win eight to ten of those games, I'll feel okay moving mm-hmm. forward. You know, I I bet they win 13 of them. Whoa! Wow! Yeah, I think we're gonna go 500 the rest of the season. I think I would have said that after the Phoenix game, but. After what I've seen after the Phoenix game, I don't, I don't, I can't believe that. <laughs> we have been though, since the Phoenix game, still five hundred. I guess yeah, I mean, close we to. have been, almost. Like if you um, count the Phoenix game as close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Tyler, we're gonna hit you with a surprise game here. Uh, I'm, I'm just interested to get your, your perspective on the Wolves. I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna give you three players, and I'm gonna have right. you rank them in order uh, of how, uh, I guess, how much you like them for the team. Um, how good how good you think they are and how much you like them for the wolves okay so my first right. my first uh grouping is Nas Reed, Jared Vanderbilt and Jordan McLaughlin all right rank so those think, players 1 to 3 i think Nas Reed is probably the most important cuz the problem about the wolves right now is their size uh especially at like the five position cats like what 611 something like that yeah. Nas Reed is only like six nine or something, and so On a good day. <laughs> yeah, so you you really need that height there, and then probably Vanderbilt next because I mean he gives you hustle, he gives you all these like intangibles, so things you can't teach. Uh, he's he's a great rebounder. He just there's there's the only problem really is free throws for him because we saw in that Orlando game that that was kind of disappointing how he missed those last two free throws and that kind of uh gave away the game a little bit and then um shooting i mean he he made one three i remember i forgot which team it was but it was earlier in the season and then one, yeah yeah but the the problem is he can't space the floor and so uh i don't know if you saw the graphic from the first rockets game but there is a graphic of like cat in the post and he was being triple teamed but he didn't pass out because he has no shooters to pass to. And then McLaughlin, I feel like, as much as I like him, he's kind of expendable this, at this point in the season. Wow. I'm actually a little bit shocked that J-Mac is third for you. I love it. We're we're on this pod. We are not J-Mac believers. Um, but I feel like that is the abnormal take. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Dylan? Yeah, yeah. I The J-Mac stands have come at us over and over again. And... <laughs> And to be honest, it doesn't really matter because they're all five foot ten or below. They're all shrimps, <laughs> and uh, and they're they just the reason why they're J Max stands is because they want to believe that they could make it to the league too. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the reality I think with J Mac is just that he's going to be too small to make mm-hmm. it in the in the NBA. He's a great player, so so skilled. He's I think he's averagely or maybe above average in terms of skill mm-hmm. um, in the NBA and. And that's unfortunately not what it's all about, right? Uh, the yeah. group is ten feet tall, and and it's <laughs> just going to be a problem for short guys because of it. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you another group of three players, okay? All this right. group is I'm going to start with J Mac, J C Jared Culver, mm-hmm. Jesus or J O Josh Akogi. All right, so Ooh. that's Jordan McLaughlin, Jared Culver, Josh Akogi. Rank those one through three. All right, now this one's probably tough because these are like three of the players that, I mean, aren't really the biggest help to our team, I feel like. So if I want to go potential, I'd go Culver, Kogi, McLaughlin. But the problem with Culver is like you could have all the potential in the world and still suck. And that's kind of what Culver's shown so far, which is pretty disappointing. So I think, for that reason, I'm going to go Akogi because you uh, – I don't know if – so in that Suns game, uh, I don't know if you saw the stat. He, like, think he held Booker to 0 of 2 shooting in the clutch or something like that. But the problem for him is he can't shoot. And that, as I said before, you, you need someone who can space the floor. Jarrett Culver can't shoot either. Which, uh, <laughs> hopefully he can develop into a two-way player, which that's – I mean, that's really what I'm hoping for, but uh, I'll put him two, I guess. McLaughlin's three, but, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could probably put McLaughlin two ahead of Culver 
at this point. Yeah, I think that McLaughlin right now is significantly better than Jarrett Culver, unfortunately, for the Timberwolves because uh, they drafted Jarrett Culver number six overall and traded Dario Saric, who now looks awesome for the Sun. He went to Phoenix and got buff. It was cra- It's crazy, man. He's, well, he looked he's awesome looking in Philadelphia, too. He's, it's just that's what happens with Wolves players. They look like shit, and then all of a sudden they're traded and they look great again. Covington to Houston. Yeah. Covington was Damn. good for the Wolves, but he was hurt. So like he just mm-hmm. couldn't stay on the floor. So all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one more. Um right. and just so everyone knows, Ed Davis is not gonna be in this player <laughs> ranking thing because I kind of forgot that he was on the team until I was writing out <laughs> all the players on the team right here. Um so, <laughs> so my last one is Jake Lehman, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Jalen Noel. Where are you stand? All right, I kind of like this one. It's it's kind of a toss-up right now between Jake Lehman and Jalen Noel for me. Yeah, uh, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, Jake Lehman, he he gives you that energy. I mean, you you put him as a spark plug, he'll he'll give you it. Uh, I forgot which game it was, but I think it was like OKC or something like that where they put him in and he scored like nine straight or something like that. And that that was huge. Jalen Noel... He's been on a tear recently. He's off the bench, second round, second year. He's he's going crazy. And it's efficient, too. It's not even like he's just shot chucking. And then Juancho, I mean, yeah, he can he can shoot sometimes. I mean, he had that one good game against Denver. But other than that, or I guess you could count Houston game, too, but I didn't watch it. So I, I'm not going to say much about that one. But, yeah, other than that, he's been eh, this season. Granted, he has had COVID and stuff. It's interesting how he looks like, or it seems as though Juancho is probably a Finch guy, though. So mm-hmm. I feel like, unfortunately for us, yes, Juancho, I I prefer Jake over Juancho in terms of ability. But also it's about mm-hmm. fit, right? Because Jake has proven that when he lines up at the four, he's ineffective. And when he lines up at the three, he's way more effective. Kind of like with... Josh Akogi, when he lines up at the two, he's effective, right? Mm-hmm. When, he, when he can guard guards, or at least the Devin Booker size at the most. Maybe Luca as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, with Jake Lehman, he just got cold, and, and now he's 100% out of the lineup. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he is injured, but I feel like it's coach's decision right now. The uh, thing about Wancho is that if he's shooting, then like... Yes, Wancho is is better than Jake Lehman, like because because he can really he can launch like and he can hit from deep when he's hot. Um, I've also been kind of surprised. Wancho is a better rebounder than I gave him credit. He's just like so long. Uh, he's not strong, but his arms are just incredibly long. So if he's near the ball, he can really like go up and get it. Um, but it's just the other parts of his game. He's really stiff on defense. Every time he puts the ball on the floor, I get really scared. Like I just I get nervous, even though like it usually works like somehow he gets to the rim and, and makes it work but it just it looks really ugly yeah it's tough for but what what was your ranking I, I didn't i didn't quite get your ranking oh um i think i'm gonna go noel layman huancho but the thing i will yeah. say about huancho that i noticed last year was he's great at attacking the rim right getting right to the paint and then he misses the layup that's his problem yep. if he can finish that layup <laughs> then he's he, he would be solid yeah, he's just so skinny, you know, like people, mm-hmm. I, a lot of people have been given Jaden McDaniels for being thin this year, but Wancho, it's like his third year in the league, fourth year in the league, and Ooh. he is still so skinny. I think he's smoking too many cigs after the game. That's what I think is going on. <laughs> Did you see that Instagram where he was getting with a girl after yeah. game one? <laughs> That's what's going uh, on. He's a chain smoker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Wancho's he's like kind of swaggy. He's got all those tattoos. He's got like good style. He's, you know, European. I get it. Wancho's our Tyler Hero. <laughs> <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. yeah, no, fuck Tyler Hero. Hero. I hate him. <laughs> um our last game we're going to play with you is we're going to do a Lindsay Whalen Would You Rather. Uh, we play Would You Rather and we give uh, we pay homage to Lindsay Whalen, the greatest Minnesota basketball player of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to give you a few Would You Rather. Like and... We swear, Tyler, it's not like that. Yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. Would you rather smooch Lindsay Whalen or Rebecca? Whoa, whoa, Brunson? whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> 
there op- is there an option for both? <laughs> no. Uh, my would you rather is would you rather today have Aaron Gordon or Jaden McDaniels? Ooh. Right now, probably Aaron Gordon. Going to the future. Never Jay. welcome back. Never welcome back to the podcast. He's never welcome back. Sorry, Jaden McDaniels is a soft spot. That's a trigger word for me. <laughs> no, but so right now you'd rather have Aaron Gordon, not Jaden, not the the block machine, Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, I will say that though. Uh, you were you were saying how Juancho is your uh, Tyler Harold. Jaden McDaniels is my Tyler Harrell right there. I mean, <laughs> oh, last I was, year was Nas Reed and McLaughlin. I was saying, I was saying Tyler Hero in in a uh, it was an insult <laughs> when I was saying that about Wancho. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, Dylan, do you have a Would You Rather? Uh, wait, no, I don't. I thought you were doing the Would You Rathers today. All right, I got another one. This is perfect. All right, Jalen, so we get the number the number three pick. All right, all right. Jalen Suggs is off the board. Cade Cunningham is off the board. Uh oh. Would you rather have Evan Mobley or Jonathan Kaminga? Ooh. All right. I think I'm going to go Evan Mobley here. <gasps> Ooh. I Tell really me more. like I really like his size. And so I think him next to Cat, that would be a great fit. I mean, and he's a solid defender. So, I mean, you get a good defensive four next to Cat, who's an offensive monster at the five. You're mm-hmm. pretty much set. I feel that, and Evan Mobley is like looks like he's is going to be able to shoot the three at least decently um, mm-hmm. at the NBA level, and he's super switchable. Like he's got great feet, and pairing mm-hmm. that at the four with Jaden McDaniels at the three, who also has great exactly. switchability. I mean, the that would be towers. Yeah, it would be a terror. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, though, the, man, Cat would be the third tallest person in that lineup. <laughs> I have a theory that Jaden McDaniels is taller than Cat, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just because of the hair. <laughs> it really is not. But here's my thing. Jonathan Kaminga, and I, I don't want to take too much time on this, but like uh like a six foot nine forward who can like create his own shot and facilitate. I mean, that's like that's what you look that's that that's that championship shit, you know? Like those mm-hmm. are the players that are like like Jason Tatum coming into the league and immediately being in the playoffs and just like hooping, you know? Mm-hmm. So he, he's interesting. He, he's really, I haven't watched the Ignite play very much though. So, so I yeah. only have an idea of who Kaminga is. Part of my problem with those types of players, I, again, I know even less about this draft class than you do, but part of my problem with those types of players is that they have such a high ceiling and such a low floor and Timberwolves mm-hmm. fans have felt the brunt of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. Tyler, it was yes. a blast having you on the podcast. Where can people find you? Um, so Twitter, you could follow me at Next, And yeah, I think Overtime Heroics, it's the same thing, Next. Oh, 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 oh. In in the interest, this isn't a would you rather, but this is a question about about your handle because you are at Wolves Got Next. You know when the Wolves will win the title. What <laughs> year will the Timberwolves win the title? I'm I'm hoping sometime in like next five years. Because like if you think about it, I mean I know it's kind of a stretch considering how like they're not doing so well now, but. If you really think about it, they had a great start to the season when they're all healthy. That was the big problem this year was uh, you had the whole COVID thing. Cat had COVID. Juancho had COVID. Rubio had COVID. All that. You have injuries. Cat had Cat was injured. Uh, Akogi was injured. Uh, Dilo was injured. Malik was suspended. But the first two games, you beat the like top-seeded Utah Jazz at Utah. I mean, you could... <laughs> That's that's kind of the big thing is like when they're healthy, they're a good team and people don't give them credit because of uh, Minnesota's reputation. So I'm I'm hoping sometime in the next five years, if if they can draft well, I, I'm not talking about no Jarrett Culver, Josh Akogi type draft where it's like, you know, they're they're OK player. No, it's you. You need to hit on these picks in the next couple of years because these classes are loaded coming up. And well, so, well. The good thing is Rosas, the only miss that Rosas has had so far is Jarrett Culver. 
That's it. Mm-hmm. Everyone exactly. else he's drafted has been awesome, like better than expectations. Mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards is pretty much at including, ex- expectations, but including non-drafted uh, players like Nas Reed. Exactly. Yep. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully in the next five years, the Wolves can draft really well, get that talent to finally surround Carl Anthony Towns with the talent that he deserves. Because like we've seen it as Wolves fans, we've seen that Towns has that like that next level that he just hasn't been able to really unlock. Because the team just hasn't been very good. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it against the Rockets in the first game. That's when we saw it. <laughs> the second worst game in the league. Yeah, we'll and see. I mean, we'll see. yeah. You, you, you see the talent like against the Suns. You have Anthony Edwards and Cat both going for 40. You surround that team with talent. That's a championship team right there. Yeah, I think I, I've resolved myself to thinking into thinking that Cat is not going to be the KG or the Hakeem Olajuwon. Cat can be like a 1A or 1B, but uh, mm-hmm. again, we have to see it. We have to see, well, we have to see another one on the team. <laughs> yeah, we need, a, we need a number one guy on this team. And I don't think, I don't think that D'Lo is going to be that dude. Yeah. Um, so here's hoping Anthony Edwards can be that dude. And if not Anthony Edwards... Jaden Let's McDaniels. Pray, pray, pray for Cade. Pray for Cade, no, 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 everyone. No. Jaden McDaniels, everyone. Deliver us from L's. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Well, thanks for coming on the pod. It was a real blast, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Thank yeah, you, Tyler. Of course. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CND NBA show. Send us an email with all of your thoughts at uh, CND NBA at gmail.com. We have not received an email from a fan in ages. It's been since Tony B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a Tim has sent us an email. That's true. But Tim doesn't count. Tim is yeah, family. True. That's Tony true. B. You know what you fucking did. <laughs> so please send us an email. I I'm I'm about to quit again if we don't start getting some emails. Oh. And this uh, is true. This Chalenga is is not joking about this. He has mm-hmm. he just he just moved our recording time forward two hours so he could garden. So you know Dude. he's not serious about the pot anymore. I had to build my garden box. It was raining all day yesterday. I couldn't get it done yesterday, so I had to get it done today. Oh my god! And I didn't even finish. So, haha, green scum. Um, I'm just like trying to grow some. To I do. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. If you're growing weed, I'll forgive you. (laughs) Uh, That does not grow well here, but, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have to grow inside in Minnesota. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Not not warm enough, but I will be growing some kale. I'll be growing some cucumbers. I'll be growing... You can mm. smoke kale. I've tried it. Yes. Yes. Southern California delicacy. Goes, it's a headshot of kale. Just Ooh. gets me going. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye.